Hey, what's up, guys? Natalie here. Welcome to this week's episode of All In. On this week, we have Becca Lee, who is a coach and co-owner of Strength Ratio. Uh, she works on-site and remotely with athletes um, really around the world. Uh, this week, we really focused on the training um, differences for master's level athletes. So whether you're competitive or just looking to get uh, get in shape and you're at an older age, this podcast has like really great information for you. Um, if you coach these athletes, this would be a great podcast to listen to as well. And we touch on the sustainable training model, which is relevant to athletes of all, all ages. So without further ado, let's go all in and hear from Becca. Hey, Becca, it's awesome to have you on. Uh, I'd love to go deeper into who you are and what you do. And I thought I would give you the chance to introduce yourself as what you do for work and what you do for training. Awesome. I'm super excited to be on the podcast with you. And um, kind of some background on myself. Um, I actually, so talking about master's lifters, you know, we're, we're talking more about kind of your weightlifters, CrossFit, and then also just general health. Um, I actually came into the kind of fitness and strength training industry a little bit later in life. So it was kind of interesting as I was aging into like more of a master's age as I was learning and doing this stuff. Um, which is really cool. And, but my background is, is in tons of just outdoor and athletics. So I kind of grew up playing team sports. Um, and then really like college in through my twenties and like early thirties, I mostly worked in the outdoor industry, um, guiding people, rock climbing, backpacking, whitewater paddling. And, um, that was just like an amazing sort of like start to my life because it really instilled a ton of um, just the idea of just movement and fitness, but in a, just a totally different realm. And when people meet me, they're like, what, you're 40? And I'm like, yes, I'm 40. They're like, you don't look 40. And I'm like, well, I kind of grew up like I was a kid, <laughs> you know? So I stayed like, just have that like, um, you know, just playful, like, um, kind of spirit to my work because I worked in the outdoors and something where people came to spend time for recreation. Right. And, uh, so just constantly like, um, moving and just active throughout my whole life. And I actually, um, wasn't, once I, uh, realized that I couldn't do that forever based a little bit on my age, once I got to my early thirties, I realized, wow, I can't like, backpack for the rest of my life and I can't sleep in a tent and on the ground for the rest of my life. Um, like what's next. And so I, I actually, um, got into, this is around the time where I got into CrossFit and started learning like weight training and strength training. And, um, on another professional realm, I became a massage therapist as well. So I was very interested in how those two things fit together, um, and how I could assist people in um, basically just living their best life. Because that's sort of what I was doing when I worked in the outdoors, getting people to be active and having like a positive relationship with their bodies and with the outdoors. And so it was kind of a natural fit to go into coaching and massage therapy um, to help people realize that they could continue to have a good positive experience with their bodies and also um, just a good positive experience, um, staying fit or being introduced to fitness, um, and just health as they, as they went through, you know, their life. Um, and so I've worked with, um, a lot of teenagers in general, um, through my time in the outdoors. I worked with a lot of teen programs, um, and in coaching, I've worked with some high school students, but I've primarily worked actually with just the adult population. So, when you think about adults as being basically, you know, 21 to 45 year olds, um, that's a huge, you know, group of the population. And, um, so I, um, now I currently coach, um, full time, both in person and remotely. And I work still a little bit as a massage therapist. Um, also realizing I can't also do that forever with my body and how I age. Um, and yeah. And so I'm a, a owner and a coach with strength ratio based in Asheville, North Carolina. And, uh, our approach to, um, training 
really is all about sustainable training. And so that has really fit with like my life goals for myself because I've always seen myself as I want to stay young at heart as long as I can, but also in my body. And um, our sustainable training approach, which we'll delve into a little bit more in detail for the rest of this podcast, is uh, just really in line with kind of that vision. So. Yeah, I love that. All those stuff are so interesting. And I love how it's progressed from kind of being outdoorsy into, um, you know, working with teens and then the adult population and getting into training and coaching yourself. So I know you you touched upon it a little bit, but I'd love to go into like how you specifically got into training. So was it CrossFit that you found first? Yes, yes. So I started doing CrossFit. I was introduced to CrossFit in 2009. And uh, I was actually still working pretty full time as an instructor instructor in the outdoors. And so my first year of CrossFit was like very um, touch and go, hit or miss, because I would be gone on a trip in the woods, like backpacking around for like a month. And then I would have maybe like a week or two where I would be off and I could do CrossFit and I'd get really into it. And then I'd be like, oh, crap, I have to leave again. (laughs) And so that first year of CrossFit was like super exciting to me because it was this new way to use my, uh, my body in a way that I hadn't before. Um, but it was also hard because I would learn something and then I'd be gone for like a month or two months and then I'd come back. And, um, but I was just instantly hooked because it was, um, just a new challenge. I was not competitive, but, um, fairly, uh, serious climber and rock climber. And so a lot of the body weight movements that CrossFit involved really totally just hooked me right from the beginning. And, um, Let's see. It was probably 2011 when I decided I couldn't work in the outdoor industry anymore full time, and I uh, left Outward Bound and decided to go back to school, massage school. And so that's when I kind of put some roots down and decided that I'm going to go all in and just try to figure out how can I help people, how can I become a coach, how can I work in this industry. And I really trained CrossFit style until 2015. Okay. And at that point, I kind of got to this place in CrossFit where at this, I think I was 30. Yeah. So I just turned 40 this year. So, um, I was a new sort of like master's competitive lifter at that point. I was 35. So I could compete in the 35 year old group at that okay. point. And, um, so in 2015, I just realized, well, um, CrossFit, I just need to get stronger. And I had like lots of kind of nagging aches and pains where I actually decided to pull back from CrossFit and, um, just focus on gaining strength, gaining technique, and just ramping back the intensity of what I was doing. Um, and that really led me into training more full-time in weightlifting competitively. Um, cause I realized I could train, at a slightly higher intensity, um, but just having less volume because I wasn't doing Metcons every day on top of also lifting. Um, and that was, you know, that, that was sort of a, a goal oriented change, but in hindsight, it also actually really helped with where I was for my age at the time. Um, looking back, like when I think about, oh yeah, I probably wouldn't have been able to sustain that volume and intensity of what I was doing in my mid thirties for much, for many, for much right. longer. Um, and so now I do still do some CrossFit style training. I just don't do it as frequently. Right. Um, but I do, I do love yeah. it. Yeah. So do you have any current goals like with your weightlifting? And I would love to touch upon like the competitions you've competed at in weightlifting. Yeah. Um, current goals right now, um, I, I'm really just trying to, like many of the people listening potentially, um, trying to just be really balanced. I'm really focused on my uh, work and some of my work goals right now um, with my coaching and really just trying to go all in with that and kind of master um, master that. And so that takes away from you know some of the training time that I have. Um, but at the same time, I'm trying to maintain and um, do like one to two big competitions okay. a year versus like three years ago when I started, I was trying to do a competition like every month. <laughs> I know people who do competitions um, every weekend, so. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've just gotten a little bit more choosy about kind of what I'll 
uh, train for and sort of peak for because I can really only do that given my time one to two times a year. Um, and um, the the first year that I was training in weightlifting, I qualified for the American Open as a master's athlete. And I've had it as a goal to do that again, to repeat that. And it just continually yeah. gets harder. Um, I'm aging, so that makes it a little bit tougher. Um, and also, as you know, the totals in weightlifting are increasing every year, you know, so even for people that are, that are quote unquote in their sort of like golden young years in their twenties, early twenties, it's, it's, it's hard for really for anyone to, um, to, to qualify, not just someone who's a master's. Um, and that was a great experience. It was, um, the first national level meet that I had been to, um, in 2015 in Reno, um, Nevada. And, it was just that that perfect taste of the big stage and gave me some really good drive to um, keep going with competing in weightlifting. And um, the Masters weightlifting community in the U.S. is very, very active. It's, um, it's gotten more active, you know, in the last five to six years. And it has really, really, um, like I said, it's just given me that drive to do the best that I can and also just to be on the big stage. And, um, I've really loved competing at masters nationals the last several years and the Pan American championships. Um, and you know, I may look to continue doing that, um, in the future, but like I said, my, my goals are shifting just slightly in terms of like the time that I have to put into the training. And I, I think I would, you know, love to go and just participate at those events, Versus in the past, the last couple of years, I've been like, I'm going to go to those events and I'm going right. to medal in those events. Um, so now, you know, I may, I may not medal, but just being there would be still an amazing experience. Um, that the people that I've met through Masters Weightlifting, the, the, the coaches and the, um, the fellow athletes are just so inspiring. Every time I go to one of those meets, it's, it's just totally thrilling because literally there are people there from the age of 35 all the way up to early 80s in every five years there's you know five to ten years there's a new age group and so like there are literally there's 70 year olds out there that are doing a snatch and a clean and jerk and they again they may not be putting up the numbers that they could have put up when they were in their 30s or 40s but the fact that they're out there doing um, something that feeds them and that they love is just really, um, inspiring. So, yeah. So I, yeah. I'd love to dive into a little bit of the, of, of like you behind the scenes coaching at those kind of meets, um, and helping those kind of athletes. Yeah. So let, I would like to know how you specifically, like how you got into coaching and made that transition, um, into you know, kind of getting into strength yeah. ratio and things like that. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I was, I learned CrossFit. I was a, I, I, I literally was just a, a, a new client at a CrossFit gym and, you know, did the best I could for a couple of years. And, um, I kind of had a knack for it and I realized that I wanted to continue doing it. And cause I could, with my work that I did in the outdoors, like I, a lot of times I was really just motivating people to try things that were scary. And like, for instance, you know, we would paddle, down a whitewater rapid that looks terrifying and people are like, I don't know if I can do this. And so I realized I had like just the interpersonal skills to be able to help take people through, through a challenging experience. Like for someone, anyone who's learned how to do a back squat or a deadlift or a snatch real knows, especially if you if you're learning it later in life as a master's, knows that it's a scary experience. Um, you just, you look at the weights, you look at the bar, you're like, oh, I can't do this. You know, it's similar to like looking at a river and being like, I can't do that. <laughs> and, um, and so I ended up, uh, interning at a CrossFit gym in here in Asheville and worked, um, just doing a ton of observations with a lot of clients, both individually from an individual, um, perspective who were having programs written specifically for them and both in a class setting. Um, and I, uh, let's see, 
in terms of certifications, my, you know, intro into this field definitely has not been through the traditional routes of, you know, going through school. I, my education is in, is in people, it's in sociology and psychology. Um, so I did a lot of, um, uh, extracurricular study basically. So I've gone through USA weightlifting coaching seminars and, um, at the time, it was OPT. Right. It's now called OPEX um, coaching. And that was actually super informative. All of those things are super informative. Um, I don't actually have a CrossFit Level 1 certification, um, but more so my study has been um, done extracurricular on my own out of choice um, or through um, the, right. the certifications that yeah, I mentioned. There, I've heard a lot of good things about the, the OPEX or previously OPT. And I know they're doing a lot of awesome things for bringing individualized programming into CrossFit, which is one of the things that strength ratio is doing. Yes. So maybe let's, let's uh, touch upon the sustainable training model that that strength ratio has and um, how it, how you kind of use it for master's athletes specifically. Yeah. First off, I really, I, I I'm a strong believer in individualized training really for any athlete. Um, However, individual training takes more investment. It takes more personal time investment of the athlete and um, monetary investment. So it's not something that's for everyone. But I think if you somebody could wave a magic wand and be like, I'm going to just, you know, be able to easily afford personal training, individualized training, then I would say like hands down, it's, it's such a great experience um, for anyone, no matter what your age or what your goals are. Um, but when you look at somebody who's a master's athlete or just aging population, I think it's even more critical um, because the needs of the individual right. are just greater. Um, and the potential um, adjustments or considerations in a program right. are going to be greater. Um, and also the, um, the impact of what you do. So like the... Um, the, uh, what am I trying to say, um, the impact of giving somebody a program that is a little bit more cookie cutter to someone that's 20 is going to be, that's really not, maybe not going to impact them that much. But if you give that program to somebody that's 50 and they try to keep up with what the 20 year old's doing, it's just going to wreck them and destroy them and, and maybe just turn them off of strength training in general, right. which is the last thing I want to do. Like I want to help motivate people and get them doing what they can do so they can be stronger yeah. and maintain long longevity. I listened to a, a podcast with OPEX uh, yesterday with one of their directors of, of coaching. Yeah. And he was saying like, um, he, or he was, he got asked, how come we haven't seen that many individual athletes, you know, that you're specifically coaching uh, individually go to the games, whereas, you know, maybe on comp train or something, yeah. you see more. And he was like, well, that's kind of like the see what sticks model where you're just throwing all this training volume at someone and seeing what sticks. And he's like, if you're yeah. under 25, maybe like, maybe that works for you. Like maybe you're that, you're that um kind of one in a million person that can handle yeah. that crazy high volume and, you know, you can recover and, um, and that just like kind of leads to your success. But he was saying yeah. when you're older, yeah. like it matters even more than right. you have something very individual because you don't have the same ability to recover. So if you're choosing uh, exercises that aren't giving you the best kind of ROI, then you're kind of wasting your time. Absolutely. Yeah, I, w I would agree with that. And I think that, um, you know, some of any any individual sort of assessment or individual coaching scenario should involve a pretty good um, assessment and needs analysis. So, you know, you're, you're thinking about like, what, what is this person's training age? So are they a person like me that maybe came into CrossFit or lifting at an older age? Or have they been doing this for 20 years, 25 years, right? So the training age, because they're going to be able to handle varying loads. Um, and just what is their, what is their age? You know, is, are they, are we talking about a 35 year old or are we talking about a 55 year old because um, it's gonna be two very different things um, and and so based on those things those people are going to be able to maintain and handle different levels of intensity and volume and and frequency um, meaning like frequency how many times a week do they right. lift or do they work out um, and 
Um, and then there's just always everything, you know, the needs analysis of what is this person's life actually like? What's their work demands? What are their family demands? Um, what's their, and then the other kind of, like you mentioned the recovery, you know, what is their, what is their recovery like as you start getting into programming, you, you know, it, the, maybe the first month or two, you get some feedback and you're seeing, oh, this, pe- this person is, can handle, you know, quite a bit of volume. I, you know, you might start at the lower end to be conservative, especially if you're talking about somebody who like, you know, can't afford mm-hmm. to really, you know, have a back right. injury or a back strain because they need to go to work. You know, they need to. Um, so if you're seeing that they can handle this, you may be able to ramp that up, assuming you're having good communication with them around that. Um, so what's their ability to recover? And then the other thing I think about, too, is what is their range of motion and their flexibility? Because our tissues, as we age, they they totally change, right? Like we will lose muscle faster and literally our, our tissues are a little bit less hydrated, you know? So that sort of dehydrated state is going to lean, is going to mean we recover at a slower rate as we age. So those are all things that I think, you know, any good coach is going to try to find out about those things and make considerations into the, into the training program you know. Right. Yeah. And you, you touched upon like the, the hydration of the, the tissues and things like that. Yeah. Are there any other kind of like biological, um, things that we see happen with, with master's age athletes that might make it a little bit more difficult to like, as they're, they're progressing through training? Definitely. I mean, with, so just with testosterone in general, so both men and women have testosterone, obviously men have a lot more of it biologically, Um, but that's going to start to, um, decrease each year, um, in the early thirties. Um, and it'll be, you know, it'll drop off at a more, I I think the research shows that it drops off a little more, a little faster for men. Um, and women will maintain some of that more stable throughout as they're aging. Um, and so they may be able to handle potentially more volume. It, it, it all depends because people are always individual, but, um, and so hormonal changes, you know, at early fifties, you know, women's, their estrogen is going to drop. They're going to go through a whole, um, you know, different sort of like, um, needs, um, analysis should be done then, um, based on those fluctuations. Right. For sure. Yeah, that, that's kind of interesting because I think um, it's kind of overlooked by a lot of coaches. I know like say yeah. in, in CrossFit group classes, it's kind of like whatever um, an Olympic athlete can do is the same thing that like your grandma can do. And right. it might not necessarily be true, right? Like, right. of course, things are infinitely scalable, but you, there are so many individual considerations for each person that you would have within a group that yes. it's so important to give some extra attention to each person there um, based on even their like as low lower denominators are biological needs. Yes. Yeah. And actually we, so in Asheville, um, remotely, uh, strength through strength ratio, we just, um, do, uh, individual an individualized coaching. Um, here in Asheville, we do, um, group classes. And so we, we actually really keep our class sizes very, very small. Um, we've coached in CrossFit gyms where there's big classes and one coach and you get in that scenario where, you know, you're having to, um, be more on the fly and, you know, your prescription for the day may be appropriate for 50% of the group. What's the other 50% going to do. Right. Right. Um, and, and you may not know what to do as a coach. Um, so we actually keep our class size very small and, um, our, as we onboard athletes um, into that setting, we do let them know that we always would rather have them um, let us know kind of where they are for the day, where's their stress level been, where's their, um, you know, how's their body feeling, how's their recovery been, so that, you know, at the, we let have them let us know that at the beginning of class so that we can make adjustments as needed um, within a group setting. Right. And that is very tricky to do. A lot of people have asked us, well, how do you do that? Like, do you have a formula for that? Is there a, 
is there a spreadsheet for that? <laughs> how do we, how do we as coaches learn how to do that? And, um, my best answer for that is that it's, it's just start by doing, um, because everybody is so different, you know? So instantly I would tell people, okay, if you're in a group class setting and you've got people of varying ages, you know that you've got people, some people walked into the door, not recovered at all. Some people are ready to go is the first thing I would um, check in with people individually about is just taking down the volume slightly of what everybody's doing. Right. So, um, and it, you know, it's hard in a group setting because people don't want to feel left behind. They don't want you to tell them, well, Natalie, I know that you're not recovered as much and you're having some life stress. So in every round, instead of you doing 50 air squats, I'm going to have you do 25 air squats. You know, people are like, but, but I'm not doing what the class is doing. And that can be so hard for somebody to accept. Um, but, um, from a coaching perspective, just that's a simple way to look at one factor and make it more scalable, um, for that person is just simply looking at what is the volume that this person's doing. And I may even do it in a, um, strength setting. So the class may be doing four sets of deadlifts and, you know, I may know, okay, this person last week and they did four four sets of deadlifts. Two days later, they came into the gym and said, you know, my back's hurting, my hamstrings are tight. I'm not really sure what's going on. I may be like, okay, well this week, let's just take the volume down. Maybe let's keep the weight the same. So we keep some intensity, but let's just cut the volume in half. So maybe that person's still participating they're maybe, you know, doing two sets instead of four sets, um, but they're there in the class. They know that they're maintaining their strength. Um, and so they may feel more motivated um, knowing that, okay, I'm not going to wreck my back again because I'm not going to do all the four sets. So that the the win in this situation is, yes, I'm only doing two, but next week I'm still going to be able to show back up and keep doing this right. instead of like pack my bags and I'm done. I'm not coming back to the gym, Right. you know? Um, and it, it can be really hard to get athletes to see that. And in our group model setting, we control that by keeping things a lot, um, uh, class sizes a lot smaller so that we can just build better rapport and good relationships with athletes so that they trust us so that the day that we tell them, we're going to cut your volume down by half. They trust and know we have their best interest in mind. Um, And they know that they're bought into the idea that, okay, I know you're doing this to me this week. So that could, because you want me to still come back to the gym and you want me to continue getting better in the big picture. Um, And that's, you know, that's hard and it takes time um, to do that. It can, it, it can be, you know, almost impossible to do that if you have a class of 15 people. Oh yeah. Or more. I've seen, I've been in classes that are like 30 plus. Yeah. And I, and so I, that comes back to, I think why the individual model is so, um, is so critical, so important. Um, the more given the more sort of like considerations you're making with, with an aging person. Right. And so I know actually, so what you touched upon, is kind of, um, an argument of some people who are against remote, remote coaching, where they say, um, through remote, you can't really get that same, feedback with a coach, you know, you don't walk into the gym and can look at the coach and they can see the stress or so on and so forth. And what would you, what would you kind of say, um, in, in to say that. an argument to that? Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, it's funny, like I, 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 the, the, the master's athletes or the older population, um, individuals that I do work with what I've found, and I'm, I'm making some broad assumptions here, but what I have found is that at the point that people are, you know, in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, they've realized kind of who they are and what their goals in life are. Right. And a lot of times that group is actually more transparent with me than than a, than a younger athlete right. might be. Um, and, you know, it there, it's always um, – we always onboard people in the beginning – by telling them, look, we're here to help you get better in life. We want to help you do that through your gym, through your gym workouts. We want to help you get stronger. But if that is starting to detract from your life, then, you know, you're, you're playing a game that you're not going to win. Um, and so, um, I think that's just something that is an, as an assumption that we start with. 
And, and you know what I've found, Natalie, is that when you start with that assumption with people, when you're onboarding a remote athlete, somebody who's at, at a distance, they will inherently know whether they can fit into that model or not. Right. So we've had, I've actually had, I've even had people in person that are like, wow, okay. So they're like, I don't know if I can do this. And, and, and that's, and that's just that person having to sort of like check their themselves at the door and their ego at the door. Right. Um, but I think we do a pretty good job of setting up the expectation from the get go that it's like, that I'll tell my athletes, look, if you get to the gym and you've had a really stressful day, I want you to ask yourself, are you, by doing this workout, are you going to get diminishing returns on this? Right. Would you rather be served by going home, you know, eating, eating, a, eating a well-balanced meal and going to bed yeah. so that tomorrow you're ready for that stressful work meeting. Once that's over, you'll be more motivated to get in the gym. Right. You know, so I think the idea of like having athletes, you know, take a serious look and sort of be able to inventory themselves from afar is the idea. Is this Am I going to get some benefit out of this right now training session, or am I going to get some kind of diminishing return on this right. where I'm just going to be, you know, more tired, more fatigued, um, more stressed out by doing this? Um, and, right. and like I said, I think the argument is that that is not going to work for every athlete. Um, and the athletes that it, that we've worked with that have success in that model, I think are very, people that are very um, self-aware and very in tune with their bodies and, and, and can, can reflect on themselves and their situation um, and, and be honest, right. you know? Um, and, you know, we, we do the remote programming and remote coaching is, is, is challenging because of all the technology. So it's, this is actually really funny. I have some, I am not very tech savvy <laughs> and I have some, <laughs> I have some athletes who, um, older adults who are even less tech savvy than I am. And so it's actually kind of comical sometimes to try to be like, okay, well, how are we going to set up this, you know, just, just having a phone face to face conversation can be challenging for people because, you know, somebody who's in their sixties, they didn't grow up with this technology. And so it feels very foreign, um, and I actually, when I started doing remote coaching, I was very uncomfortable with it. And it's because I just, I didn't grow up with FaceTime. I didn't grow up with Skype where you can just jump on the computer and instantly be talking to somebody across the world. And um, I actually had uh, to go through some of my own internal stuff to get used to interacting with people right. that way. Because um, I'm such, I'm more of a sort of like in-person kind of like, I love it when I can like, the person's right there and I can talk to them and I can like look at their movements and all that. Um, and so it's been interesting, like reflecting, like, okay, I have to get comfortable with the technology so that then I can help, uh, an older athlete who may not be comfortable with it, be more comfortable. Right. And that has been a huge, um, a huge thing. Um, and the ones people who really embrace it end up, you know, loving remote programming because they're like, Oh, you know, I can uh, FaceTime or t it depends. We have varying levels of communication uh, within our company, but you know, they realize, oh, I could just send Becca a text, like in the gym, and be like, hey, this is what I'm thinking, and that they can get a response right. back. Um, I think when people realize and use that technology, it's all of a sudden more intimate. Yeah. So yeah, I just while you were saying that, I was thinking the same thing that I think that the remote coaching pro, um, actually makes you open up more as an athlete. And I think yes. it actually, you don't necessarily have to be more self-aware to start, but it makes you more self-aware as you go through the, the process. I, I would totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause I know like sometimes it, it can be hard for people to have a face to face, like look someone in the eyes and, and be honest and have that conversation. But I think, you know, because you can do it through text um, yeah. and stuff like that, it's, it gets you started with that. And then eventually you can open up and you, you know, you might be able to then build to doing that face to face with someone. But I know it definitely, you can build that intimacy with your coach through the remote. I mean, you can always FaceTime, you can text, you can, yeah. you can talk and you can give them like direct feedback and they have 
you know, they're going to remember everything you say because they have a record of it on text. They have the videos, yeah. they have this and so-and-so. So it's not like, uh, you know, you walk into the gym and they they were coaching 30 people the day before. It doesn't matter if right. you're, their, you know, you're their friend or you feel closer with them. They just, it's hard for them to remember every single thing you did versus you guys can just look back up on your text, on the yep. football, on a video and be like, no, this is, I know exactly what you did the day before. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. And so from that, from that perspective, I think it's, it's, it's great. And I, I know for me, like all it took for me was to, and, and this is, I'm talking from a, from a co- from the coaching side of it, but I can imagine from a client side of it, it's, it's, and I've had clients tell me, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this. I've never had a remote coach before. And, um, and I totally get that because also from a coaching standpoint, I first started coaching people in person. And so I, I get that there's going to be some discomfort with that initially. And what I encourage people to do is just give it a try. Just go for it. Because mm-hmm. like you said, it can actually uh, break down some some barriers and give you some self-awareness that you didn't realize unless you actually yeah. try it, you know? Yeah. so Definitely. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. think that um, – like I, I probably – so um, people who don't know this who are listening, I work with Kyle, who's a coach at Strength Ratio. And I yeah. I think Kyle probably knows more about me than most most anyone. <laughs> right, right. Because you're 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 writing down your thoughts on a workout within our, our system, within the FitBot system and having conversations face to face periodically, right. email exchanges. It's true. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. So that's really interesting. One other um, point that I kind of was thinking of when you were when you were talking about the master's athletes and having someone come in and, you know, even sometimes either lowering their volume or even sending them home necessarily for that day. As I remember uh, a conversation I had with, um, with Kyle, it was, it was our overload week. It was the last week I was there actually. And I was, I was crying. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I spent a lot of that week crying. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I was just like, I don't know if I can, like, if I feel like training right now, like I just, yeah, yeah, my body had, there was just nothing there. And he was able to, you know, kind of kick me out of it to the point where I was able to like reflect on my own kind of feelings and decide if, am do I feel like I still need to train because I think that I can push through and I know being a competitive athlete, that's something that you have to do is not, not every day. Can I necessarily take the day off because I'm not training for that to be like, my enjoyment I'm training right that's, that should be the most stressful part of my day if that's what I'm focusing on on right like, if that's your goal right competitive yeah. yeah or he was saying or are you just guilty that you're not if you're guilty if you take the day off right he's like right. So which is the driving factor here and I you know I came to terms with that it was actually that I was going to feel guilty that right. if I didn't right. train and he was like well then that's not a good enough reason like go home rest let's hit it hard tomorrow and you feel better and it was definitely yeah. the right choice because I was yeah like, needed a nap for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of those scenarios where like, it's the, it's the, if I push through and train right now, am I going to get, is there going to be a, be- it, it, am I going to get something good from this? Is there going right. to be a benefit where, or am I just going to get a diminishing return? Right. And am I actually going to be, you know, in a deficit somehow mentally, physically, spiritually, you know, right if I push through right, right now and, and that's, yeah. yeah because there's, you definitely don't feel great every day. Like I know, for example, myself today, I woke up and I was pretty lethargic and I was like, Oh, this is, this yeah. is going to be a hard day. And I ended up um, like having one of my best days of training, I think in, in a while. Yeah. And, um, and you almost feel more proud at the end of the day because you've, you've managed to push through and then had that, that good session. And as, as an athlete right. who wants to compete, I think it's so important that you, learn to push through and kind of like build that mental toughness. But then right. it's so important to have an individual coach when it comes to making the decision of, is this me trying to become mentally tougher? Right. Or is it like, no, I really should rest, recover, eat, and hit it hard again the next day? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I totally agree. Cool. So uh, yeah, we, we've touched a lot on on the master's athletes um, varying between competitors and general health and fitness, but I'm, I'm interested in specifically how if someone walked in and they were, um, let's say they're kind of, they're in their 50s, uh, male or female, mm-hmm. and they're just, you know, maybe they played sports growing up, or they were fairly active, or maybe they weren't active at all, but they just want some general health and fitness. How like, what would you say to them? Um, and how would you get yeah. them to kind of buy into getting started? Because I know a lot of these, these athletes of this age, and this is something I even hear from my own parents that they're worried 
they know they're yeah. going to be sore, right? Like they're going to go in that first day and be right. sore. And, and a lot of us who are uh, fitness enthusiasts, we know that you're going to be able to get over that by being consistent, but right. um, it's kind of, but what would be, yeah, the, because as yeah. a master's athlete, it's a little bit different. Like, you know, as you have someone my age and um, they come in and it's like, handle being sore, that's fine. But a master's, they might totally be raising children, they might have work or they might just because of their age, they're going to be sore for longer. So what, what do you kind of right. do to, to get them kind of started? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, uh, essentially, what I would do is, you know, go, th- go through a movement assessment and, and because we want, you know, our approach is, is based on scientific principles. And so we want to be able to measure progress long term. And so I would be really clear with them about that and say, we're going to look at some movements where we can get s- some baselines. Like, and I tell people, like, this is not a test. You know, this is not like, oh, no, I need to be in shape just to the assessment. No, like, right. sometimes people think that, like, where they're like, I have to go and work out and, you know, hire a personal trainer before I can even go into the <laughs> yeah. gym, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, I remind people, it's, it's not a, it's not a test. It's just to kind of get some baseline numbers and, and movement. So where we, when we look back in six months or three months, we can see, um, we can see if we're making progress or not. Cause that's the thing is like, you know, if somebody's not progressing, you know, you've got to look at, okay, what's the training program? Why are they not progressing? Um, what are their goals, you know, relative to that? Um, so I'd put them through just a basic movement assessment. And I think when you're talking about, um, populations that are, you know, anywhere from 40 and over, and a lot of this depends on have they been active previously or not, is I just look at general flexibility. So what's their ability to, um, get into a squat position, What's their ability to maintain some posture through their upper body and their torso um, and their rib cage and, you know, find some areas for improvement. And I've actually had, you know, people who are, are, are doing this for just general health and fitness where I've said, your first goal is going to be that you're going to be able to do this warm up um, without being winded, um, seeing improvement in the actual movements themselves. Um, and people get excited about that. Like I've, I've had uh, athletes write back and be like, oh my gosh, I can do this warm up now without breaking a sweat. And, and I can do all of the movements to full flexibility. Whereas when I started a month ago, you know, there, I, I, I was sweating. I couldn't even get into these positions. <laughs> and so just even like finding some ways where they can instantly be successful and instantly have places where they can focus on. So just overall movement and flexibility. Um, and then in terms of strength, you know, starting with, uh, very low intensity and, you know, we always start any athlete, even if it's a competitive athlete or somebody who's, you know, quite young or who has a big training age, we always start people with a basic acclimation phase. So we want to, um, improve some of their base conditioning. So just their Mm -hmm. basic aerobic conditioning. And that's going to look very different for, for different people. But, you know, for someone who's maybe deconditioned and they're in their fifties, if they haven't been active, that base conditioning could look like, you know, maybe they, they can't take a 30 minute walk without getting winded. Well, some of that, we're going to work on that. We're going to improve that in your acclimation phase. We're going to work on some of that in your right. base conditioning phase because um, it needs to be relative to their life. You know, if this is somebody who's a competitive, I actually have some friends who are very high level competitive uh, masters, <laughs> ultimate Frisbee players. You know, if one of them comes to me, we're going to be like, okay, your conditioning is really good because you can yeah. run up and down that field all over the place. You know, their baseline conditioning progress kind of check-in will, will look quite different. But at the same time, we're going to start somewhere and, and build and acclimate them. And it would be the same in their, their weight training. So, um, you know, I am, um, I, I actually, you know, some coaches like kind of get the, like the evil coach laugh when they're like, when their athletes are like, oh my God, I'm so sore. I couldn't walk. You know, I couldn't sit on the toilet. And, and, and that's funny. And, and I get that and it's comical and we've all been there, you know, um, but I actually now have started striving, particularly if we're talking about aging populations where recovery is an issue um, or and where just like right. life and work, like they need to be able to walk up and down the stairs. Right. They can't be hobbling. <laughs> um, 
you know, I actually now strive to put people through an acclimation phase where they tell me, yeah, I really wasn't that sore, you know, where I might check in with them and say, Hey, how was this first week? How are you feeling? What was your soreness level? Where they actually say, yeah, I wasn't too sore, maybe a little bit, but you know, generally doing good. And I, I actually really like to have people telling me that for a couple of weeks so that I know I didn't push them over a cliff or an edge because that's the critical moment in the time of a a coaching relationship where um, if this person's goal is just to get a little bit fitter, get a little bit stronger, we don't need to push them so far over a cliff that they are going to be sore for a week because that person's never going to want to come back to the gym. You know, they're never going to want to turn them off. It's going to totally turn them off. So, um, that's kind of my number one goal, particularly if we're talking about a deconditioned, um, person, and that could be any age person. We could be talking about 25 year old that, you know, has literally sat on the couch for their life, or it could be just, we're talking about somebody deconditioned in that, you know, maybe they were an athlete in their younger years, but now they're in their fifties and they haven't been doing anything. So, um, with those folks, I want to get them moving and breathing better and doing some introductory strength work. Um, so they're ma- we're managing their fatigue, we're managing their soreness level, not pushing them over that cliff. And before you know it, like people, you know, they're, they, they start performing and they're, and they're, it's progressive overload. You know, we, we, we might just increase weights very incrementally, if at all. We may choose to not increase weights and increase volume. Um, it's all going to be a little bit dependent on that individual and their and their goal. But I think that acclimation phase is critical for anyone, but especially for masters athletes. Right. Because you want to ride the line that they feel they're getting good value and they are already improving and making changes, but you don't want it so much that they're feeling like, this is so hard. I can never do this. I don't want to come back. I'm too sore. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of programs, there, there, there can be a downfall, especially yeah. with like a template program, you know, templates like, you know, it's written for somebody who is in probably pretty good shape and can handle all of that. But, you know, that would be the worst thing for somebody to do is to follow like a template or try to just do what the class is doing. If you're talking about a class setting, um, you know, they're just going to burn out if they're just too sore and they're in too much pain, they're just going to burn out. You'll never see them again, you know, two weeks and they're done. So that's like, that's like my worst fear for, from a coaching perspective. Um, like I, I'm here as a coach to help support people's life and their health. You know, I don't, I don't want them. And and actually it was, it's funny. That was something that I learned when I worked for Outward Bound is I realized I want to take people through this potentially scary experience. Like we're going to go to the woods and we're going to camp. And I wanted to make sure that they had a good experience. You know, there's going to be challenges obviously, but that they had a good experience so that they realized that they liked the outdoors, that it wasn't this place that was this scary, dark place (laughs) that they could never go, you know? And so it's the same when I think about um, fitness and and strength training and health. It's like, I want people to develop this good relationship so that they're not like, well, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) You know, that's like my worst fear. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because I see I've I've seen like both sides where I've seen people come into gyms and um, yeah, they're too sore or they're just, you know, they were motivated at at first and then they're like, I, this is too much. I can't do this. And you know, they're gone. Or I've seen people who um, they've gone through that cycle over and over and over again, where they come and it's like, it's been two years and I've seen them, but I see them like once every couple months and it's like, Oh, now I hurt my back. Uh, like now I'm just too sore. I I can't have to take some time off and go back. Well, when are you ever, improving your fitness or your health right if you're just coming every you know two months because you're doing something that's making you sore or hurting you or demoralizing you but you're just like going back into the cycle over and over again imagine the progress you can make in a couple years if you were doing something kind of more individualized and and progressive for you exactly yes and I think you know when I think about people for especially for general health um you know I think about getting them also to see the progress that we're making. So I touched it a little bit on it, like just in a simple, um, you know, calisthenics warm up. Right. Um, people may start to see, oh, wow, I, I've, I've done the warm up pretty easily. Like that wasn't, that wasn't a stretch for me. And, and so 
The other thing I, I really try to get them to focus on is what are the th- are there things in life that you're now doing that you weren't able to do before? Um, are you able to do those things with any more ease or with any more flexibility or mo- or better movement? And and those are the things that I think are the great progress indicators because at the end of the day, if somebody's just in there for general health and well, you know, fitness, if they 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 may not get to the point where they're going to back squat their body weight and and that's that's okay that's totally fine are the is has their squat training which might be very low intensity with higher volume has that squat training translated to something in their life where they've seen improvement right. you know so getting that getting them to see the progress as much bigger picture and really relating it back to outside the gym so that there's that transfer of experience very cool. Um, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. I think just seeing any sort of progress is so important because I see a lot of, of master athletes who might, you know, they feel like they're going backwards. Right. And, and sometimes it might be the case because, you know, they're aging and, and um, you know, they're going through changes and yep. things are happening, but just if you can, you can show them some progress at some level, it's so important to, you know, have continuous buy-in from them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And have it to be, be something that they feel like they're in control right. of too. Because if, if people can directly see, wow, like if I'm consistent and doing, you know, and it depends on the frequency, but if I'm consistent and I'm doing workouts where I can do, be consistent, you know, two to three times a week, um, they'll see that that is, um, they're putting in that work. Yes, their coach is guiding them, but they're the ones putting in that work, which is transferring to all these other cool benefits in their life. Because they're like, oh, I can go on a hike now yeah. for more than you know, 30 minutes, maybe, maybe 30 minutes was the max and they they just couldn't go anymore. But now maybe they can go on a hike and they can go for an hour because of what they've been doing, um, in the gym because of the work they've put in, you know? Very cool. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I have three questions that I like to kind of ask everyone. And just before I get into those, I wanted to know if you have anything you wanted to add on, on the master's athletes. Um, Gosh, there's 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 so much. This has been such a fun conversation. Um, you know, I think also the other thing I would I would I would tell people is that one thing that I really try to delve into and find out from people is particularly if you're dealing with a master's athlete that has some um, training age, meaning they've they've um, they're coming in they're coming into working with you with prior experience. Um, following some type of template, routine, fitness, lifting, right. something like that, um, is that, you know, really try to get a good idea of their, um, obviously their goal, but also their past experience and that, and, and finding what's worked for them because master's athletes are going to come with a huge amount of years of experience and knowing themselves and being able as a coach to tap into that and bring that out. So if there's some positive um, sort of things that they've done in the past, okay, let's, let's, let's re- regrow those. Let's bring those out again. If there's some aspects in life, sort of like negative past, pathways they've gone down, um, it's good to know about those things so we can help support um, and, and that we're not just recreating a past bad right. experience, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and also just figuring out what their, um, this is probably kind of obvious, but also just their injury history. Like literally the, every year that you spend on this earth, like you're probably statistically, you're going to have more injuries, you know, or, or just little tweaks, things like that. So I'm younger than than most athletes we're talking about. And I probably have enough for all of them. that's (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny, like I'll, 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 I'll be talking with maybe a client and, and they're, you know, maybe, maybe they're 50 and I'm like, okay, so tell me about some past, you know, any injuries, any, um, any, any things that I should be aware of physically. And they're just <laughs> listing and going on and on. And I'm like, okay, okay, this is a lot. But I mean, just the fact that, um, you know, people have been on this earth longer, there's just going to be more kind of like, they're going to be a little more banged up. There's going to be a little bit more, um, tweaks. There's going to be potentially some more pe- history of broken bones, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and you know, just to take, that into account as, yeah. as well. No, totally makes uh, sense. 
Well, thanks for providing that information. I think that any anyone, whether they're they're a coach or um, they're a younger athlete or an older athlete, there's definitely really great information for them on this on this episode. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's let's dive into those like final few questions. So the first one, I okay, have, <laughs> on the edge of my chair. <laughs> the first one I have is what one habit or routine makes the biggest difference in your everyday life? If you had to pick one. It's pretty difficult, actually. <laughs> that is difficult. One habit or routine. I I love routine. I, I'm a creature of habit. Um, so there's so many. Um, my, when I think about habit or routine, I'm, I'm a very structure-oriented person. And so um, I really thrive in... Um, when my, when my day okay. is very scheduled. So I don't know how I would say that in terms of just one well, word, maybe pre-scheduling but, um, your day or working on kind of planning things ahead of time. Yes. Pre- pre-scheduling my day and planning things ahead of time. I'm way more productive as an individual. If I just, if I just, if I don't have any structure, um, I, uh, I, I, I just get overwhelmed. I just get overwhelmed yeah. by how many things there are to do in a day, you know? So, um, for me, it just starts with a, a very, um, regular and consistent mm-hmm. bedtime because that's what sets me up for right. my day, my next day. So, um, really consistent bedtime and sleep schedule as yeah. much as possible. Um, that is, I, I love sleep <laughs> and, uh, I'm very sensitive to it. So, um, it's funny to think of sleep as no, a habit, I, but like, you'd be surprised. It's, um, cause, cause we all, nat- we all naturally should do it as, as, you know, as mammals, we all should sleep, but you're right. There are people who don't prioritize it at, and see it as creating right. a good positive habit. And, um, I know that like my sleep, my bedtime at night just creates me and like sets me up for a successful, right day moving forward, which just keeps evolving and rolling onto itself, you know, and into that, it like sets me up for like a very stable, like I'm better if I wake up at the same time of day too, that just projects me onto being more productive in the morning, answering emails, like, um, doing, doing work things and gets me on my day for like coaching and then gives me some good energy to train in the middle of the day when I'm not coaching. So, I mean, that sleep time just sets me up, you know, if I, if that if that gets off, it's it's uh, I'm in shambles the next day. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's true because I, I just listened to a podcast on nutrition and they were saying that um, sleep ties in so closely to nutrition because they find like a lot of athletes if their sleep schedule is messed up, well that's the day that their nutrition goes out the window and they're you know having these carb yes. cravings or different things like that. So totally, um, it's it's super important for anyone who wants to perform at even. Um, more than a subpar level at anything. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 Cool. So uh, question number two is what would you say is the most important thing you've learned in this last year? Ooh. Um, I think it's something that I'm constantly relearning <laughs> and that is to be compassionate to myself. Um, okay. I, it, it comes pretty naturally to me to, um, be empathetic and be compassionate for people. That's, that's not something like if, if somebody's going through a hard time, I don't feel uncomfortable being there for them. Right. And, and putting myself in their shoes, sort of like walking their walk for a few minutes to like really feel what's going on with that person. Um, and that can be an uncomfortable for some people that comes pretty naturally for me. However, it does not come naturally for me to be <laughs> compassionate and understanding with myself. Right. Um, and so I have definitely learned that many times in my life and I sometimes somehow like forget it. And then, yeah. you know, I have some internal struggles and battles and challenges. And then I remember, okay, okay. Where, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah. I got to remember that one. So it's, yeah. that's a lesson that I'm just constantly learning. Um, right. The, the compassion to, to myself and the intention into myself. Like if I overlook that, I'm not going to be a good coach to help support anyone else. So that is by far, um, 
number one. <laughs> that That's so important. And it's funny because every once in a while I see um, it pops up on my Instagram, just the simple quote of uh, talk to yourself as though you would talk to your best friend. Yes. And all I think about is like, wait a second. Like it always makes me think like if I'm, you know, if I'm in a positive mood and I've already, you know, I've kind of been, been feeling like gratitude that day and so on and so forth. I don't, yeah, I might overlook it, but if it's a day where I'm like feeling down on myself or being hard on myself and I see that I'm like, I would never say this to my best friend. Or like if I was coaching someone else, this is not what I would say to them as, as a coach athlete. Um, so I'm like, okay, like I need to step back. I need to, you know, rethink what I'm telling myself. And, yeah. and practice compassion. So I, I really like that that you mentioned that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Important so um, last one is what would you say so for you um, to a master's athlete who um, is looking to start getting into health and fitness? Like what is if there's this one quick thing that you would say? Um, to them? Looking to start or like so le- less training age? No, not much experience? Yeah, like, yeah, just someone who just, you know, all of a sudden, they're, they're in their 50s, or maybe they're they're starting to get whether they're, uh, their children are getting older, and they're, they're wanting to get back in shape to maybe like, you know, go on vacation with with their wife now that they have all this free time, or someone who's recently had a grandchild, and they're like, wow, yeah. I need to be able to play with them again, yeah. just like how I play yeah, with yeah, my yeah. kids. Um, I think I would I would tell them to um, be, um, be curious. And be open-minded um, because I think that there can be some fear when people take on a new endeavor, particularly if it's something challenging, like um, uh, like when, when you think about doing CrossFit or strength training or fitness, like I, I think for people who've been doing that for a while, like, like you, like you don't, you, you look at that as a good challenge, right? And some people see that as a challenge that's really scary. And I think I would encourage that person to be open-minded and, um, you know, and have some healthy natural fear as they approach it, but, um, also, um, know that it's, um, it doesn't have to be a a, a fearful thing. And particularly, you know, I would, I really encourage people to get connected with a personal trainer or a personal coach, um, that, clicks with them so that they find some, um, uh, connection with, and they have some trust with that they can build on, um, because that will just make a huge difference because doing this stuff can be scary and, and, and people get scared or they just realize like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just not going to do, I'm just not going to do anything. And so I think that's where, getting a personal trainer, getting connected with a, with a coach who can kind of do this needs analysis, this needs assessment is super critical. Um, and, and just be curious, you know, um, and, and also be excited too, because even though people, you know, as we age, we're going to lose muscle mass, we're going to lose bone density, but there's actually studies that shows we, we can build it. Like we can, we can delay that atrophy, um, more than we think. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, time, time is of the essence, but also like, it's not too late either, I guess, you know, to start making small little changes and daily changes to being more active and fit. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay. So if people want to find out more about you or strength ratio, where can they find you? You can find uh, us at Um, Our website is www.strengthratiohq.com, and you can get connected with um, myself, Zach, or Kyle through that website directly. And uh, I, uh, on Instagram, I'm at BeccaLee53KG. For now, I may have to change that because the weight classes got changed. Yeah, the weight classes. Yeah. And uh, we're pretty active on uh, Facebook as well, Strength Ratio. Um, you can find us there, drop us a message, um, on the Facebook page or email us through the website. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on. And I hope some people take, took some good nuggets of information out of this one. Yes, I hope so. Thanks for having me. (laughs) No problem. Hey 
guys. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please give it a share on social media. Um, I can be found at at Natalie Allport or uh, leave a review. That would be awesome. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody that this podcast is brought to you by 93 Agency. 93 Agency is actually my business and our mission is to support you in your marketing efforts so you can focus your time on what you do best. Uh, This means taking the worry of having to be online and managing your social media off your hands or at least helping you with it so that your time is freed up to spend more time with your clients, team, and or family. Uh, Our mission is to really support you and build a good partnership with you so we can grow your business through online and digital marketing. Um, We're not just like an agency that comes in and and takes things over. Uh, We really work with you and try to get to know your business. So if you have a gym or a fitness business, feel free to check us out at www.93agency.com or reach out to us at getsocial at 93agency.com. As well, we just released a new blog post with some awesome information about the sustainable business and marketing um, uh, approach that we use. So if you have a gym or a health and wellness business, you should definitely go check that out. We have some great content going up on our blog with more stuff to come. Uh, You can also check us out on Instagram at 93agency. Also, if you are an athlete and you love to, to train and train hard and you want the best compression gear and, and, tr- and training uh, apparel that you can get, then you should check out Virus. Um, you can go to Virus Canada's website, which is virusintl.ca, and use the code ALLPORT, all port, my last name, in all caps, to save 10% at checkout. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I hope you have a great week.